Hello. Hi. Welcome to a special edition of Sweet FA Brackets Film and Alcohol's Load of Old Waffle. Uh, it being special because we're recording it in bed. We are. An hour before the episode will go out. Woo! We forgot to record it over the weekend, but we're dedicated, so we're up early, and um, I'm not enjoying it, I'll be honest. I'm not. I get up at this time all the time. I do not. I'm Mike. I'm Katie. And Lord of All the Waffle is the show where we talk you through everything film that's happened in the last week. This has been a big week for film because we finally had the release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. which is one of two things we will be talking about. Yeah, we don't actually have a, lo- a lot to talk about, but we thought we'd keep it small because we have so much to say about Black Panther. Mm-hmm. The other thing we're talking about is the Banshees of Inisherin, which we will talk about first. Katie, what do you think the story was? So it was about um, two guys living on this... Two bros. <laughs> chilling on a very small Irish island. Mm-hmm, off the off coast. Off the coast, yeah. It was like, set in like, the 1920s. Yes. Like, mid-1920s. Yeah, and these two men, and Colin Farrell, is that the right name? Yeah, that's an actor's name, yeah. Yeah, so he goes knocking on his mate's door to go mm-hmm. to the pub, like they always do every day, because there's fuck all else to do in this place. Yep, that's and true. This, the guy is basically just like, I don't I don't like you anymore, and I don't want to be a friend anymore. Yes. And it... the whole film is Colin Farrell just losing his mind about why he doesn't want to be his friend anymore, and trying to make him be his friend, which just makes the other guy want to be his friend even less. Yep, that's true. Um, It is directed by... Is he called Matt McDonough? Um, the director of In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And um, his style is very clear throughout. Uh, it reunites the stars of uh, In Bruges, his first film, namely Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson being the man who just falls out with the other one for no reason. The director's yeah. name is Martin McDonough, by the way. I was very close. Yeah, um, you were. And it's really fun. It's not, well, not not even fun. It's very witty. It's, and it's weird. I thought it was really a strange film. It is a very strange film. It feels like it's all a metaphor for the Irish Civil War, which is happening on the mainland at the same time as this kind of civil war between friends. Yeah. Um, and it's... It's a nice metaphor. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's dark in places and... Yeah, I like that line the sister says. At the end, when he was the, I can't remember the character's name, the older man. Which one? So it's Colm, and uh, we had an argument about the yeah, Colm Farrell's name on the way home. Yeah, we did. Because you thought he was called Borick, and I knew no, I he was called... called Porrick. Yeah. And he's called. I Porrick. thought it's called Borick, yeah, yeah, but it's Porrick. But yeah, so the sister says to Colm right at the end, because he was like, "I don't, I want a leg." Porrick's like... sister, this is. Yeah, sorry, I don't want to be boring. And she was like, "You're all fucking boring." Yeah. Like you're all the same. Yeah, and so... it's true. And it was true. Like there was. I mean, he was a, he was a good, talented musician. Whatever, fine. But yeah, she we'll was. Into... She was right. Like she, they were all fucking boring. We'll get into spoiler territory now. So, the reason Colm falls out with Porrick is because he's decided he doesn't want to waste his life anymore. It's kind of a midlife crisis. Hmm. Um, he's a bit older than Porrick as well. He yeah. plays not the violin. It's someone else. They call it a lute. No, cello? Not a, loot, a cello. A, he no, plays cello's massive, isn't it? Yeah. It's like that tiny one goes He plays the, the fiddle. Um, and he writes music, and he thinks that if he's speaking to Porrick, he won't be writing music, and he wants a legacy, mm. and he thinks his music will give him a legacy. 
people still talk about him. Yeah. And so he kind of, first of all, we'll get into spoilers. First of all, he approaches Porrick quite harshly and just says, I'm not your friend anymore. Mm -hmm. Then he realizes that was too harsh and says, I'm sorry, you know, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Porrick still doesn't leave him alone, he says, every time you speak to me now, I'm going to cut off one of the fingers from my left hand, which is my fiddle hand, and throw them at your doll. And that's exactly what he does. Yeah, we get to a stage where he has literally chopped off all five of his fingers, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of goes into a bit, it, it gets mad from there, but mad in a good way. Like, from the trailer, uh. which we'd both seen before we went, it still managed to surprise us quite a lot, I would say. Sorry for the um, eating cereal, by the way, just whacking a spoon against the bowl. I'm keeping it real, I'm starving. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I thought it was a very, it was really, it was a weird film, right? Because n- nothing happens beyond this argument, does it? The sister what? has a bit yeah, of a backstory. Yeah, like, I really liked his relationship with his sister, Porrick. Yeah, that was lovely, we'll get on to that. But nothing happens in this film other than this argument. No, it's it's kind of the talk of the town, which I suppose it would be it on would an be. island that small. Yeah, it's like you guys are all good friends. Why, where's why is Porrick not at the pub? Even, here, the, blah, blah. even the priest and stuff is yeah, like, very invested. Yeah. And for that to be the only storyline, and it's it happens what five minutes into the film, I don't want yeah, to be friends yeah. anymore. It keeps you entertained. It keeps you hooked all the way through because, like I said, nothing else happens. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Porrick has a donkey named Jenny. Oh, I don't want to talk about Jenny. Loves, um, more than life itself. So and he every keeps time letting Jenny in sad. the house and stuff. Yeah, every time he's sad, his sister comes home to find Jenny just kind of curled up by the fire with him because he uses Jenny to cheer himself up because she's like his only other friend. Yeah. And um, in a tragic time of events, Jenny eats one of the fingers thrown at the house and that chokes on it and dies. So then Porrick loses his fucking shit, doesn't he? He's oh, like, this Porrick, is full on war. Porrick goes mental. And, uh, but Colin feels really bad about Jenny because he knows Jenny was very special. Yeah, so even when they're not friends, he, there are moments of friendship. Like, Porrick gets punched by a policeman and Colm helps him up and kind of gives him a horse ride home, but they don't speak because he knows Porrick mm. knows he's not allowed to speak to him. So it is quite confusing for Porrick. I'd be confused. Yeah, you're a Porrick and I'm a Colm, I think. I'm a Porrick. Porrick's <laughs> thick as pig shit. <laughs> He's the second dullest man on the island. <laughs> I said what I said. Brilliant. That's charming. <laughs> um, Good morning. I would say, I would, rating-wise, I think it's an eight for me. I don't think it hits the heights of In Bruges or Seven Psychopaths or Three Billboards, but I think it's a different film to all of those. All those mm. are more focused on like comedy and, and action, whereas this is... Very much just a drama. It's witty, but it's still just a it's just a tale about friendship in it, and like we said, a metaphor for a civil war. Would you watch it again? Yeah, but probably only once more. See, I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, it's not as re- it's nowhere near as like I rewatched In Bruges the other week, and it's nowhere near. It's not like that where I could rewatch it every so often. No, I definitely I would not watch it again. I enjoyed it; I thought it was a good film, but no, it was I'd like sad when Jenny it. died as well. Yeah, that that really affected you. I took me out of it so much. I was so <laughs> sad. I don't know. I'd either give it a seven or a six point five. Ooh, six point five is harsh. I think it is. I know it's harsh, but I don't think it's seven worthy either. Okay. I don't know. I think it was. It was missing something for me, and I'm not sure what it was. I appreciated it a lot more when we were talking about like the, in terms of the civil war, and it made 
it was like I liked the whole metaphor of it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it it did miss something for me. Would you recommend it? Mm, no, I don't think I would. Okay, I think I would. I don't know. I uh, think that's a bit harsh. It depends who who was asking. I think your score has been harsh, but that's it was. I know it was opinions. really good, but yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I would recommend it because it was it was a good fun watch and it, all the acting is really good. The way they film it is stunning as well. Oh yeah, it is. I don't know if uh, Anishirin is a real island, but if it is, it is Peng. Yeah. Really, really. And I did nice. actually massive spoiler territory. I really liked the ending because Porrick basically says to Colton, buddy, um, yeah. after Jenny dies, says, I'm two o'clock tomorrow, I'm burning your house down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can either be in it or not. And you can I won't either, be checking. You Keep your dog outside because your dog's sound. But that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So he does, he goes around, and he, but the dog's sat outside, so he puts the dog in his little cart and he burns the house down. And then he has to run back at the end and check if he's in the house. Colton, and he is. Yeah. And there's um there's one more point actually like we should mention before we move on. Colm writes a piece of music and he calls it the Banshees of Anishirin and he says something about how he thinks that Banshees still exist. They just don't uh scream to warn you about death anymore, they kinda just sit back and watch now. And there's an old woman character in it who is definitely a banshee. Yeah. I can't think what her name is, but um Porrick and his She's sister like both witchy hire from us. Yeah. Oh yeah, proper old hat. Another character dies, and then obviously he dies. Colm dies at the end because he's obviously in the house and gets burned down. So no, he's not. What? Oh shit! No, he's not. No, he's not. He's on the beach at the end, and they, they shit, both yeah. agree that it, it'll go on forever. The rivalry now, because there's just and some things should. Who's who else died? <laughs> this is why I didn't give it a good rating. Everyone. Um. The 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 policeman's son died. Yeah, but two people were supposed to die. She said two men will yeah, die. Yeah, no, she said two two people will die. Jenny. Jenny's um, not a person. Yeah, Jenny counts. Jenny and the policeman's son. Yeah, I like it even less now. And she also said one, maybe two. <clears throat> Did she? Yeah. Was she a shit banshee then? Right, yeah, 6.5. Sorry, 5. audience, Katie completely misled you. <laughs> she gave you a <laughs> false ending. And, um, and just, yeah, never mind. Moving on to Black Panther. Sorry, everyone. Wakanda Forever. A film that has made three hundred and fifty million globally in its first weekend. Uh, it's broken the record for best opening weekend in November, which was set by one of the Hunger Games films, which everyone came out in twenty fourteen. No way, Home came out in December. Did it? I thought I was just in November. No, it was early December, I think. Fair. Um. So, the story without doing spoilers, obviously. Um. Well, in the real world, obviously, Chadwick Boseman tragically passed away. Apologies, it is early. So the film was given a massive rewrite, and that's embedded into the story. The yeah, Black so, Panther is gone. So, yeah, there's no, there's no obviously, Chadwick Boseman mm. and Black Panther. Not You know they're not. there's no character there. You know it's not mm. going to be in the film. So it's hard to introduce it all without spoilers yeah because um, it's obviously a massive massive hole to yeah fill. what we can say from things that are in the trailer is wakanda is seen by the rest of the world as at its weakest it's king and the black panther is gone so people and people are desperate for more vibranium now that t'challa at the end of the first film kind of opened it up to the world and told them they had vibranium and promised to you know bring sure. people in and use it mm-hmm. to help the rest of the world um and as again, as we know from the trailer, the villain is Namor, 
um, who I think we can talk about in a non-spoilery sense before we go into spoilers, I thought was mint. Oh, so good. He's a great bad guy. The fact that they could make... Was he a villain, though? I feel like he was more like an anti-hero. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll kind have a, that proper discussion in... Let's just spoilers. get straight into spoiler territory, to be honest. You want to go straight we're, we're into spoilers? We're going to spoil it. If you're listening to this, you've watched the film, we're going to... Let's go straight in. Okay, well, Stop I had a couple of things I thought we could talk about in order, but first, let's do a brief storyline overview. Yeah. The opening scene made us both cry. Oh, Should we talk sobbing. about that? Sobbing. Which surprised me, because I, I thought they'd say there'd just be an opening scene where it's like remembering T'Challa, and then it reveals that he died a year ago or something in World. But instead, we actually get Shuri attempting to recreate the heart-shaped herb to try and save him. Yeah. Um, And it's horrible. It's really, really sad. It's really sad, because she's just absolutely manic. Yeah, she's definitely trying. trying. She's, and you the, keep seeing the... It flash up red because it's not working, and, yeah, the, and then the like little AI tells her the mum. The mum right. comes in, the queen, and she's just like, "No, it's, he's gone." And it's just like, "Oh, it's awful." And then and the credits roll. Yeah, the Marvel logo is completely just, silent. Yeah, it's all obviously Chadwick Boseman. It's so it's so sad. It is, and we see his funeral as well, where um, his coffin has like the Black Panther mask on with the arms crossed. Yeah. And it rises up into the sky, and everyone salutes it. That's um, so sad. I feel like tearing up again. Yeah, it's a really strong, powerful opening, and um, they did it. They did um, an awful, awful situation. Film justice. I know. I mean, I mean, director and writer Ryan Coogler. I feel like deserves a crazy amount of credit for how do how do you like a film that had absolutely no right to be good, basically. Yeah. Without its without its star, and then you've got to you've got to talk about that in world, but still make it a superhero film. And still make it incredibly sensitive. Yeah. Um, it's, appropriate. And... It's so good. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we then skip a year ahead in the film to a point where there has been... Someone has invented a machine that can detect vibranium and they find some in the ocean. And at this point, the CIA oil rig platform thing where they found it is attacked by blue people. Uh, there are no survivors... And then Namor arrives on Wakanda. He got in completely undetected because he could go so far underwater. And they're obviously not prepared for a threat like that. Mm -hmm. And he basically says to the Queen and to Shuri that they have to find the scientist and kill her. Or give her to Namor. Or they'll be at war. Basically, we're either friends or enemies. Yeah. Um, and if they get their hands on Vibranium, it's bad for you as well as it's bad for me and my people. We're in the same boat, so you have to help me. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um... So that's like the that's the backbone of the film, really. That's what's yeah. going on. Obviously, eventually, they do become enemies, and we have big fights. Um, what do you want to talk about first? I have a couple of things in mind. Go, well, go on. I have. We could talk about Shuri. We can talk about Riri Williams. We can talk about Namor. We can talk about the future of the MCU following on from this. Oh. We can talk about um, Queen. Is it Ramonda? Yeah. Or we could talk about the fights let's talk about queen ramonda because right at the start of the film mm -hmm. she has a mint a mint scene straight away she does in she, like a un there's like the league of nations room, yeah. something. i can't remember what it's called when they're basically giving a shit because like you should be giving us bribery yeah they're basically they want her it. to go through on t'challa's promise yeah and they're kind of threatening her aren't they like you're yeah it's very much like 
we we, we want this and we're gonna get it yeah you you are not gonna stop us getting vibrating forever it's not said like that but that's the undertone of it uh, yeah yeah and she's like basically bring it on like you you can try and you will absolutely not fucking succeed it's just a really powerful speech yeah a very what an amazing character and the day before um there was an attempt to steal vibranium from a uh, Wakandan outreach facility, but they obviously knew it was coming, so they hid the Dora Malige in the vault that supposedly had yeah. vibranium and attacked them, and then in the middle of the meeting, they bring all the people who attacked in, and I think they prove it was France who did it. Yeah. Because they, they're like, oh, one member state did it, and then um, Okoye comes in and says, speaks in French to the French Prime Minister, like, you're welcome, so. Yeah, so good. Well, it was just, that was a great scene. She... That was like... Was that the first by... scene after the um, funeral scene? Yeah. And yeah, um, she's played by Angela Bassett as well, who is exceptional. In oh it. My she God. has a couple of really strong, powerful moments. She one. is exceptional. She has... So fucking good. Such a pleasure to watch. She like... has one in front of the um, like the, the Wakandan council that's really good. Go on. Uh, it's when she's firing Okoye after oh. Okoye's lost Shuri when they've gone into America on their mission. Let's just pause there. I really didn't want her to fire her. I know, and what did make I think me sad? I think she had to because she was in the position that she was in, and she yeah. and she said to her, "Don't fucking lose my kid." Yeah, and I mean, she kind of did. Yeah, and, and she didn't want her to take. I wanted her to give her the chance to make it right, and but she was just so harsh and so strict, just like what a, a queen should be, I suppose. Yeah, and it was brutal, but it was so good, and she was so upset. Oh, it was so sad. Yeah, and she says basically that nearly made me cry as well because someone says maybe you should reconsider. Um, Akoya sacrificed a lot. She turned a blade against her husband, which she did in, in the first Black Panther. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, who doesn't return sadly, and she, the queen, says, "Well, what about me? I've lost my husband, my son, and now my daughter's missing. Have I not given enough for this country?" But, but she's like screaming, much that. more powerful and it's better amazing. delivery than me at seven a.m. in the morning. And so. everyone, <laughs> rightly so, shuts the fuck up and lets her. Yeah, and they're like, do okay, a shit. you are right." Yeah. Um, now, the one thing about her firing Akoye that does make me sad. Um, again, spoilers here: the queen dies. Namor kills her. He drowns her. Uh, which really surprised me. I didn't expect them to kill off any main characters. I was really surprised. Given... Well, Namor does like a mini attack, basically. Like, get, get on like side. It's like a demonstration of his power, yeah. Yeah, like... and the Wakanda's fucked. It's on its ass, isn't it? Yeah, the, he literally walks in and wipes the floor with him, basically. Yeah, yeah. So Ramonda's like swimming up to it, because obviously Namor's... Her and Riri Williams are both drowning. Yeah. And, and she, she grabs Riri. First, yeah, yeah, saves Riri, but doesn't... But she's just face down in this pool, and you just know. Yeah. Well, I was watching and I thought, surely fucking not. Yeah, same. I thought, no way. But, yeah. I completely expected it to come back to life. Um, and then we have But what I was going to say was, again. it's sad that the Queen dies before Okoye gets her redemption. Yeah, that, I, wanted, I thought that too. I wanted her to be forgiven and be reinstated as the head. Um, which, yeah, so I was sad I think Shuri will do that, though, won't she, in time? But well, then maybe not. Actually, we'll so get on to that when we talk about Shuri, because there's a lot of things I want to talk about there. Um... But again, just to summarise the Queen, she also has one moment where she comes back in the ancestral plane mm. um, to kind of prompt Shuri onto the right path. She She's just exceptional. She She's kind of the backbone of the film. Oh, yeah. she's needed. And it's, it's Letitia Wright's film, I would say, because she's, again, we'll get onto it, but she's unbelievable in it. And she really takes up the role well the much larger role than i assume which she originally had yeah 
Um, but yeah, the Queen is the heart of it, and obviously her death is one of the saddest non-main character, not one of the saddest non-Avenger deaths in the MCU. I would say. Yeah, so sad. Sadder than May's death in No Way Home. I would yeah, say. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um. No offense, May. Yeah, just. Well, I think what was so sad about it as well. To I know we're going back and forth. That's what we're talking about. One character. That's okay. Mm-hmm. So Shuri's really struggling with Charles' death, obviously, and the mum. They try and have like a one. Uh, what's the word? Like a poignant moment, and she takes the funeral clothes. Mum. No, and she's trying to do the ritual. Yeah. Yeah, like a ritual. That's the word I wanted. And the mum burns the funeral clothes that she wore to Charles' funeral. So like this is part of the rituals moving mm-hmm. on, and Shuri won't do it. And then obviously her mum dies, and she wears the same funeral clothes again yeah. to her mum's funeral. I thought that was oh, it was just so sad. Yeah, it, it was is. really cleverly written. How obviously at the start, this it was a mum trying to connect with her over the death, and Shuri just can't. She just can't be in that place yet. Yeah, let's move on to Shuri because this is a good place to start for Shuri. Shuri is such a powerful character. Yeah, so consumed by grief that. She basically can't think about her brother's death because if she does, she'll be too she'll sad. Want it in her own words? She'll want to burn the world down. Yeah. Um, so and she goes on a really all, interesting which journey, bad, which is he takes that one's a bit done in Neymar, but we'll come to yeah. that as well. So when Shuri goes and meets Riri Williams, they obviously have we said that Riri well. Williams is the girl who built the machine, the vibranium no, machine. No, not yet. Yeah. So yes, but yeah. So Riri Williams is the girl who built the machine, and Okoye and Shuri go off to find her, and they're both very surprised to learn that it's 19-year-old MIT student Riri Williams who built it for a class project, and basically the CIA have stolen it. Um, she built it using scrap parts and everything. And then they go to her... Um, again, we'll go into this more, I think, on Riri Williams' bit. They go to her a car garage that she rents out to build her stuff, um, spoiler, she builds something quite exciting for the future of the MCU. And they are chased by the CIA. It looks like they've gotten away. And then the Mer people, um, Namor's people, attack. And Okoye is beat and are like, knocked into the water. And basically, the only way to save Riri is Shuri says, I'm Princess Shuri, you've got to take me to Namor. And, you know, you can't touch the girl. I want to speak to him. So they go to um, Talahem, is it called? Mm. And, and basically when she's there, Shuri, she kind of sees that, oh, this is kind of just like Wakanda. Yeah. It's just that it's a community of people protected by one person, very similar to a Black Panther figure, yeah. who acts with their best interest at heart, and they just want to be left alone by the rest of the world. It's such a gorgeous scene as well when she's in like the, the suit really underwater is, yeah. and she's showing around. It's just stunning. The underwater stuff in this, by the way, it looks great. And yeah. it, it really made me think, how much better is Avatar The Way of Water going to look than this? That it justifies it taking, like, 15 years or whatever it is. I know. Like, it's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't expect this to have so many underwater scenes, which is daft. Yeah, I actually didn't appreciate that at the time. But yeah, but, it, was, it was a really, really good scene, that. Really good, especially there's, like, a scene. Because it was, like, a really um, good sense of, I don't know what... I always do this and I don't know what the word is. It's kind of, like... They were building like a good bond there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think under different circumstances, if Riri Williams wasn't there and if that machine had never been built and Neymar had just revealed himself and said, "Look, we use vibranium as well. Can we make a bond or something?" Yeah, it would have worked under different circumstances. Yeah, it would have just been flawless. But 
Namor. But Shuri can't support killing Riri Williams no. because, like... I think I think Shuri sees a bit of herself in Riri, obviously. Yeah. Just kind of a genius, Young's but also kind of a loner, yeah. Yeah. And obviously she doesn't want any more death. Her brother's died. She couldn't save him. She's not going to let Riri die without saving... Well, she's not going to not save her, basically. But it's a real testament to Shuri as a character. Because she's really strong and really opinionated, and she's still only really young in the film. Yeah, yeah, she Yeah, not all She's really a proper powerful lead and really sure of herself. Yeah. And so after she sees the city, basically Namor says, look, now you've seen it, you must be able to understand why Riri can't live, basically. Mm. I have to kill her to protect my people. And then he kind of reveals that he wants to go to war with the surface world as well. And Shuri's like, look, we're, we're getting too into Namor that. here because... We're not, yeah. we, need, we need this backstory to keep on Shuri. Sorry, go on. And then Shuri is broken out by... Oh, what is her name? She is broken out by Nakia. Nakia. And so her and Miri are taken back to Wakanda. And then Shuri finds herself in the midst of a war. A small war that kills her mum. And then she's the queen. Yeah. Which is like just so crazy. To put it into context, her year. She lost her brother who she couldn't save. She then lost her mum in a war that's kind of brought about by her and kind of not like it's obviously not her fault but i think you'd blame yourself and i think she does and at this point vengeance just consumes her she says that she's buried her heart with the last person who truly knew her and she just wants namor dead basically yeah and it's an interesting gonna get it it's an interesting take because i've seen this twice now and the second time i did think it skews a bit similar to Peter's arc in No Way Home, in that mm. after May da- dies, um, it's all about, oh, let's cure them, but you can kind of tell that when it comes to the goblin, he's going to be like, no, I'm killing you. Mm. So it, that's kind of a nitpick, I suppose, but the way it plays out is very different. So Yeah, so you can't be too... Yeah, you yeah. can't. I think everything I have to say that's maybe slightly negative about this is just a nitpick rather than a genuine complaint. Well, we'll get to that at the end. Yeah. Keep on, keep on Shuri. So Her outfits are fucking sick. Well, I was going to say, yeah. So she knows the only way to beat him is to bring the Black Panther back. And while she was with Namor, he gave her like a bracelet that was made with thing, with fibres from their plant that gave them the ability to live underwater, which we'll go into in more detail when we talk about Namor. But she can use that, along with her brother's DNA, to finally recreate the heart-shaped herb mm-hmm. to give herself the power of the Black Panther. Um, so she takes it, she goes to the ancestral plane, and who does she see? Oh my god. Love it. Killmonger. Yep, Killmonger's back. He's got and a she tasty is new hairdo. Fuming. She is absolutely livid. She wants to see T'Challa, obviously. She no, wants she wants to see, see him more, obviously. Yeah. And she fucking doesn't. And it was sick. I was not expecting it at all. I wasn't, and that's where. But it was so good because she is so not. Well, she is so like Killmonger. It made so much sense yeah, did, for her yeah. to see him. And it obviously, obviously, there's no way she could have seen T'Challa. And the yeah. mum had only just died, so I was expecting to see him. I was expecting the mum. But it did make more sense to see him, and I thought, that is such a sick twist. Love it. Yeah. And when we're talking and about... he did have a tasty hairdo. He did have a tasty it. hairdo. When we are talking about, by the way, just as a side note, that we're glad we didn't see T'Challa, we mean kind of in terms of how certain films have this tendency now to CGI people back to life. Yeah. Which I always find, I like, think it's in bad taste. It's bit, yeah, I think it's in bad taste. That's the right word. So I'm very, very glad they didn't do it at all in this. Yeah. 
it does feel like it's in bad taste. Uh, well, yeah, anyway, I back fucking to love Michael B. Jordan in yes. these films. I love the he like spits with vengeance when he speaks. He's the so way he, yeah, he has a really cool. He has a really and cool so line delivery. Yeah. I think that those characters really mirror each other in a way that you, you've never thought of before. It's never even crossed your mind. But because Shuri has grown so much in this film, you're like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. and you can... But you can also see that she has T'Challa in her as well. So she's not quite... As, yeah. Like I say, he's spitting vengeance. She's not there. She is. Well, she is. But she she's has more the... She's composed. And... Yeah, she has the character sort of development to not take it that far yeah. it's like a really interesting balance of both of them and they're just all fucking love yeah them. i think that's a really good way of putting it and it's a really cool scene it sets on fire because mm-hmm. see she talks about she's how she's, she's he's the blame livid. for t'challa's death because he burned all the heart-shaped herbs and if they'd had more they could have cured um t'challa's illness because he dies of an unspecified illness yeah uh, in the film which i think is again a nice touch i don't know you need to go into any detail with that yeah um and the, the and he's, arguing, he's like and he's really like, bad. What's, oh, what's the word? He's like, he's really pissing her off. He's golden, her, isn't he? He wants golden a reaction, her, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. it ends with him basically saying to her, "Are you gonna be? Are you gonna be like? Are you gonna be honourable like T'Challa? Or are you gonna get shit done like me? Basically, yeah, get down and to business." Before she can reply, we cut away, and she's furious. She thinks her mum has abandoned her because she didn't come and see her in the ancestral plane. She only got. Killmonger, but then she punches a dummy and it flies across the room into a wall, shatters it, and it's worked. And she won't tell anyone who she's seen as well. Mm-hmm. It's what, well, yeah, yeah. Um, Nakia's real. She knows something bad's happened. Basically, she keeps asking. Um, and then they make the suit. They Hot. do make the suit. It's so cool and it's practical as well. I don't think the mask is practical, but the actual suit is so cool. It has a panther panther eyes on the chest. Oh, I don't know been... if you noticed that. It's so cool. She looks so cool, isn't it? She does. She and... takes up this role so well. Yeah, and it's so interesting because it must have been a lot to go through for her as an actress because mm. she obviously was not supposed to be the Black Panther in this film. I I mean, it was obviously always going to be Chadwick Boseman. The script was written. Then, obviously, the tragic news came out. Um, The film was completely reworked, and then she had to become... She's taken on a massive role. role. Yeah, taking on one of the most iconic roles of the end of the last few years. And obviously she, she's not, it's not like she's replacing T'Challa. No. It's it's an honourable kind of new direction for the franchise. It's kind of the only direction they could have gone in. But she really lives up to it. She kind of embodies everything a Black Panther should have. A performance throughout is unbelievable, yeah. She is such a mint actress. She really is. Because she gets the odd moment as well where she can actually make jokes, which is was kind of more what she got to do in the first one. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what I think fans expect from a character now. So it's she had a really Sick. difficult line to walk of... And she nailed it. Yeah, I've still got to be this character who's now kind of ruined by grief and flawed by it. But I also... There's something else I want to talk about with Shuri, which I want Go your on. opinion on. Go on. And the lead us into... Um, or the characters as well. Did you get any romance vibes with Shuri and other people? No. What, are you thinking Shuri and Riri? I was thinking Shuri and Riri and Shuri and Namor. I was getting vibes off both of them. Um, no, I think with Namor it was like a big brother thing. I yeah. Think, I think she sees that he is... I thought he was going to ask her to marry her, to be honest. I think she sees that he is essentially the Black Panther to his people. Like he's the, he's the, he is 
to them what the Black Panther was is to Wakanda. Mm. So you, if anything, you'd say Riri, but that was vibes. Yeah, they did do. Um, speaking of romance, the classic. Here's two um, gay characters, but we'll just show it with a kiss on the forehead and one line like, "Thank you, love." Where was just, that? Uh, it was two members of the Dora Malige. The one. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just. Just, just make two characters openly gay. Like we can handle it. I know. I'd, I'd like. To, we're speaking the for MCU everyone. MCU is missing that. If you can't handle it, don't watch a Marvel film. Like, I know. Like, you can grow up if you can't handle yeah, it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's so that. That is a nitpick. That winds me up in everything. I well, just... I, yeah, I was getting pure vibes, and what made me bring this up was that when Shuri's Black Panther and she's fighting Namor at the end, and she like scratches his back, I was like, oh. Oh, you thought that was sexy? A little bit. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. But I was getting vibes earlier, and then I was just like, ooh. I felt like it was like really an intimate fight, but obviously you didn't feel that way, which is interesting. Yeah, no, I like, I'll have to ask, to ask other people who've seen it. I'm intrigued. And again, let us know Maybe in the I'm comments. Maybe I'm Let us know in the comments at uh, Sweet Films Alec on Twitter. But I did get, I got, obviously she doesn't fight Riri, but I got, I felt that vibe there as well. I was a bit like, let's, ooh. Let's go on to Riri now, and then we'll save Neymar for later. Yeah, so that obviously we'll go in, we'll go back to front here, but when Riri leaves the film right at the end, and she mm-hmm. goes back to MIT or whatever, they have like a really electric conversation, Shuri and Riri. Yeah, I think again. It is, I can see how it would just be friends and that's fine, but I personally felt like a bit of vibes from it. Yeah, I, I could see that. I kind of I think I think part of it's just genius, recognizing genius. Um, yeah, yeah. And so also, it did, I'm not expecting it to be a romance, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it. I think if it did blossom into that, it would be an. For me personally, that would have been a nice way to kick it off because. I felt there was a little vibe there, but it yeah, definitely doesn't it need completely. to be acted I on. I can see it. I also think um, Riri, again at the end, to start the back and work our way back, she, at the end of the film, is kind of indebted to Wakanda in a similar way that Agent Ross is, yeah. uh, Martin Freeman's character, where they both kind of had their lives saved in Wakanda and they didn't, uh, in mm. positions where they didn't have to be saved. Shuri didn't have to save um, Agent Ross and the Queen didn't have to save Riri. She could have saved herself. Yeah, which speaks to kind of the people of Wakanda and their values and everything. So I think, I think we'll see more Riri in Wakanda in some sense. Obviously, she will next be seen in Ironheart. The well, series, it's an, it's an ally, you know. And it's... yeah, and uh, so, but to get to back to the start. So we've gone. We've talked a lot about Riri without actually talking yeah. about it. So we'll so we'll skip all how clever she is and that she MIT is and clever. Um, blah blah. Essentially, for those of you who don't know who haven't read the comics, she is Ironheart. She hasn't been officially called that yet, but she is the she will be the next Iron Man. Technically. So when Mike she, was saying in they're in her little lab in she's built America, something exciting. She's built the Iron Heart suit. Pinball machine. Nope, it's, it's the Iron Heart suit. <laughs> it's really cool. It's practical as well, um, which is something I read really in the news. Yeah, it's it's, and I liked it because it felt like the sort of thing you could build in a garage because obviously. She's probably as clever as Tony Stark, but she doesn't have his resources, so she can't build something as, um, yeah, yeah, just like that's aesthetically pleasing or yeah, as like it's not as good as an Iron Man suit in its early, in that first iteration where it's kind of like built from spare parts and yeah, yeah. She 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 doesn't have an oxygen mask, so when she flies, she flies high to knock out a drone at one point, and um, the lack of oxygen knocks her out. Yeah. So it, that first suit has its limitations, but it's just cool. And it's just good to see that sort of character back. Yeah, like... It's good to see. Good I think they've waited long enough now to bring in the next 
generation of that's that well the next generation of iron man basically the next generation of that hero a hero in a metal suit who can fly he's and shoot lasers clever. and yeah he's very clever can fix any problem with a mind and riri she's very funny um again yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't like really know much about well. that but yeah, yeah no i don't i don't either but i thought i think the actress's this... name is dominique Thorne. she was fab really lovely performance yeah she was Great she pick. was kind of the comic relief um she reacted to things in the way that real like people would react to things. Yeah, like yeah. when she's been kidnapped by Namosh and uh, they bring some clothes for Shuri. She's like, no, nope, that's super villain shit. That happens in, you know, with Berlin Beauty and the Beast and mm-hmm. Princess Leia in Star Wars. Don't put it on. Um, yeah. When Shuri's taken the heart-shaped herb and shows that she has powers, Riri asks if she can drink some of it as well. Yeah, she's, she's she is the, yeah. I think this is um, a good... Marvel are really good at those little one-liners yeah they are the, you're obviously was... not in stitches it's not a funny film but you're just like <laughs> yeah it's like a little air breath in it like <laughs> yeah yeah um, they, they do always they hit the nail on the head of those and they definitely did with riri i think it was clever bringing riri riri, riri in to be that comic support as well because she did not know t'challa so she kind of has more of a you know she's Lightness. she's sorry for the loss but yeah she's not gonna be mourning like everyone else is so it Rather than have Shuri yeah. or anyone from Wakanda kind of cracking jokes. Yeah, it gives yeah. someone the opportunity to. But with Riri, here's what I want to talk about and a question I want to ask you. What did you think of her final Iron Heart suit design? Because I did not like it at all. I hated it as well. It's it's probably my biggest nitpick with the film. I don't think it doesn't look real. And I get that Vibranium's the most advanced technology in the world. I didn't it, think I didn't think it didn't look real. I just thought it was ugly. It's ugly. The but face I, isn't the face. I don't like at all. It reminds me of like Evo uh, and Molly. It, it does. It oh like the robot from Spider Verse that um the like the Japanese spider one mm. where it's actually got a little spider inside the robot that powers it. Oh, uh, I think it's hard because obviously they don't want it to look anything exactly. like Iron Exactly, so Man's. you have to give it a kind of a completely different design. But it was ugly as fuck. But it was, yeah, and it, 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 but it so didn't was, look real um, in the world. But so was that blue outfit that she made for Thingy as well at the end. Yeah, that was that ugly is as something fuck. I want to talk about as well because... I, I know she kept making jokes about it being ugly. Let's talk about that now. So Okoye's redemption, because I want to link this to Riri. Okoye's redemption is basically, throughout the film, we get glimpses that Shuri's been building... This outfit that's going to give the user enhanced strength, enhanced durability, and super speed. Yeah. So it's basically an Iron Man suit. And it's it's blue, and it, and she calls it the Midnight Angel, and she makes two. Uh, one for Okoye, and one for uh, a new character played by um, Michaela Cole called uh, Anika. And so they arrive at the end scene, and Okoye gets her redemptive fight with um, kind of like a hench, one of Namor's henchmen who she's been fighting throughout the film. But I thought when they arrive, especially thought it the second time I watched the film, does this not undermine the importance of Riri and her being kind of this the new Tony Stark of the universe? Because if she's if she's introducing it, it's like, look, she's built an Iron Man suit. This is you know this is crazy. No one's been able to do this. Shuri's done yeah. it, and she's made two of them. It's not an Iron Man suit, is it? Enhanced is it... speed, enhanced strength, durability. They can fly. They can go underwater. They can't fly. And go they can't water, fly can into they? battle. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. It's an Iron Man suit. No, it's an Iron Man suit. Oh. So, yeah. I it it, it I like that Okoye gets, but yeah, also I liked Okoye's fights are normally the best ones in these films because She'll it's just her that. with a spear and it looks great and it's. 
yeah, hand to hand combat. Also, I mean, the enhancements will obviously be helpful for her. Yeah, but she but very rarely needs it. It felt like it sick. took something away from the character and from the fight scenes in general. And I could, it also, yeah, I could have missed Midnight Angel altogether. It really felt like to me, it felt like it undermined Riri a lot. It felt mm, like it because yeah, it's like, oh, she's a genius, but sure, he's made two of them, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, that's yeah, yeah Riri's immediately not as important now because sure, he could just make them and hand them out to anyone. Uh, it kind of took so away true. the point of it having to be Riri, and the point should be that Riri's earned it through her intellect. She's she's the only person clever enough to build this suit, which is why she gets to take on the mantle. I was viewing the Midnight Angels more like enhanced armor rather than literal, you oh, know, yeah, literal but suit. But you are what right. Iron Man suit is. I think you're probably right, and that's probably the way most people will read it. But for me, well, you've seen it twice, haven't you? So that was my biggest. That's my biggest nitpick as well. Just story wise, yeah, I, just think, I think the Midnight Angel was a bit unnecessary because it was an ugly outfit as well. Yeah, and I think Koye could have beat that. I mean, she didn't get absolutely hammered by him the first time. They had to throw in a big water grenade to end the fight. So I, I would have liked if Koye beat that the guy she was at, you know, yeah, whatever. The, the warrior. If she man, yeah. could do that without the suit. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think she could have done. I think she could have just trained. Yeah. Because she didn't get hammered the first time. Of course, the suit gave her the confidence to it. But yeah, because she was fucked. She was like fucking car crash. Yeah, and <clears> it was one against like five. Yeah, yeah. So she would have beat him. So yeah, I think that was a bit of a shame, actually. Here's, here's a question I have as well. Um, so this is one thing that isn't explained very well in the film. When Okoye does have that first fight with them, and there's like three of them, and she kind of kills them, but then the ladies just like go over there and they all get up and run away. How were they still alive? I don't know. That confused there me. There was some sort of like mind control element. The... Oh like, yeah, they do have mind control, thing, yeah. weren't there? There was some something but, on that level. But how they must have been like not think... obviously not dead. I think the thing of it is just that they can take more damage than real people. Well, than I just kept thinking about this because I was going a bit, getting a bit too into it. But like when they were like swimming underwater, and Neymar obviously comes in and out of boat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know it's a fantasy film, so I was thinking too much about it, but I couldn't help myself. If you were like literally underwater all the time. You'd have You're like, not talking about wrinkles, are you? No. Wrinkly fingers. I did think about raising fingers. <laughs> but, like, you would have, like, such a low muscle tone. And, like, because you'd never be walking. Like. <laughs> this, is a, this is a crazy point. <laughs> I know, I know. And I know I'm being ridiculous. I don't even know why I brought it up. No, like, I'm amazed. I could I stop know. thinking about it. Like, because, obviously, if you were swimming all the time, like, how could you be so physically strong on the surface world? <laughs> The mutants. Well, Neymar yeah, I know, is. I know. That's why I didn't. I was just like laughing at myself for thinking about it, but because part of me was expecting them to come out the water and start walking and flop like a fish. <laughs> just, just immediately fall over. I can't remember why I brought that up anyway. What did um, you say? I asked a, a question about why they were able to get back up. I think they're just more durable than humans, and I think that was the point of it. Yeah. Um. Let's go on to Neymar now, and oh. his, his his lack of muscle tone. <laughs> oh, it should have lack of muscle tone. Um, Namor is a mutant as well. That's revealed. So now we know Miss Marvel and Namor are both guaranteed mutants. So he's got pointy ears and wings on his ankle. And how on earth he made the wings on his ankle curl? I have no idea. I know because they fucking Absolutely did. Absolutely no idea. Like he's he's like running through the sky. Yeah, yeah. It's the way so he flies. Clever. It's like he's jumping from like invisible. Blocks from invisible blocks like Mario. It's like when Mario jumps right <laughs> up a wall, that's how he yeah. runs. Ball it flies, it's so cool. So Namor's backstory is he was from a tribe of people who were in infl- people came to their land and gave them um the Spanish flu, did he say? smallpox. They yeah. gave him an illness basically. And so they prayed to their water god, who I think is just called Jack. 
Yeah, sort of um, like that, yeah. And he gave the leader a vision of this blue plant that's very similar to the heart-shaped herb. So they all drank it, and he convinced Namor's mum to drink it, and even though she didn't want to because she was pregnant. So they all drank it, and then when they woke up, they all t- turned blue, and they couldn't breathe oxygen anymore. So they rushed to the sea, and they start living under the sea, and Namor's born under the sea, and he obviously has the wings and his antacles, the pointy ears. Uh, he doesn't age like anyone else. He's been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years. But also he can live on land and in yeah. water, can't he? Because he's a bit of a Yes, but he need well, his weakness is that he needs to keep topping up with water, basically. Yeah. You can't be dried out. His weakness is exactly the same as he SpongeBob and Patrick's wet. in um the first SpongeBob movie. Yeah. And the way that they he's eventually beaten is similar to how SpongeBob and Patrick are beaten. Um, where he's just dried out, but his mistake was he didn't cry a goofy goober to <laughs> be the tear of the goofy goober. But he goober. has a, name, had a really good backstory as well he for did. how he was. Yeah. So we won't go into too much detail with him because... His mum uh, always wanted to go back to land, so she died with a broken heart. So he goes back to bury her, and when he comes out, he basically finds that it's been colonised and there are slaves and slave owners. So he kills them all, and one of them calls him the child without fear. And in whatever language they say one of them sat the end of that sentence is namor so he calls himself namor and um so he's just hated the outside world ever since then because in his view that's what it is yeah Yeah, his mother loved it and when he finally went back to just do something nice just to bury her he saw horrors he saw and you know it happened like the outside world isn't a good place so he kind of just he's kind not he's been waiting for an excuse but it feels like Ever since now that they can detect Vibranian, he's like, right, I'm going to war with them. And it feels like it's something that in the back of his mind, he's been like, as soon as I get a chance, yeah, I'm going to do this. Kind of in a way to avenge his mother, I think. Yeah. Again, similar to Shuri, that grief has consumed him. Mm-hmm. And so he just cannot see any solution where he doesn't kill Riri Williams. And then beyond that, also go to war with the surface world. Yeah. And he either, he's, he either says, well, Candy, you're either my ally or I wipe you out first. I take your vibranium and I use it on the rest of the world. So he would be unstoppable, basically, if he got past them. Yeah. His army are all super strong. And then he does the little fight that we said previously where mm-hmm. Kuriamunda died, where he demonstrates the sheer power and Wakanda is on its ass. And that scene, um, they actually built, you can tell as well, because a lot of the recent Marvel films have been criticised for the bad CGI, and I think this one is miles stronger than anything since Spider-Man. Yeah. And the, they built a street on it that is clearly practical and they clearly did actually flood it with water and it looks amazing. Yeah. The street where um, Okoye and Nakia are both just like saving civilians. Yeah. But what I will say in that scene is, and this is another nitpick, the editing in this film is a bit bizarre. Oh, go on. It feels like Marvel said to the the director, Ryan Coogler, you cannot make this any longer than two hours 40. So it feels like that scene in particular feels like things cut away too fast for example there's one bit where um so shuri uh is in a ship firing at namor and he goes under the water mm-hmm. to like charge up jumps out cracks the ship they crash into the water and then it cuts to them uh the two people in the ship and they're kind of arguing like oh let's do the manual release manual release while the water floods in and then we cut away to just namor with the queen and then we cut back and shuri and um, the other woman in the ship are just being beamed so up. So you saying it's like an, to another like ship. A, like, quick cut. 
no, it's like too quick. It's like before the scene has finished, it cuts away. Right. And yeah, so he's trying quite to save time, ex- basically. Yeah, there was quite a few examples of that. There's another one when um, M'Baku is like, oh, it's the fish man, and he goes over to fight him. It just, a lot of things in that scene, it feels like Marvel have said, no, this has got to be cut down. And mm. so I don't blame Ryan Coogler. I think I think it maybe should have been a three-hour film, and they were like, "That's will that'll put people off. You right, know, shave 20 mean. minutes. And I think that in that one scene, it feels a bit apparent. Like, a lot of things feel like they cut away too quick. Um, again, That's just a nitpick. I didn't personally feel that, but it'd be interesting to, when that I watch it again. That was pretty much only my second viewing that I thought that, because I didn't pick up on it at all in my first one. No, I didn't feel that. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so back to Namor. Basically, then, the surprise attack it because he says, in a week, I'm going to come back with my full army and... I'll either wipe you off the face of the earth or that we'll work together silly, or we'll be friends. Yeah. Why in a week? Well, because uh, I think it's like, he, he basically wanted, he wanted to give him time to mourn, didn't he, I think. Mm, but I yeah. also think by killing the queen, he's seen some of himself in Shuri as well. He's recognised the vengeance in her. and the, he says, like, bye, queen, the and fire. he's leaving as well, doesn't he? He says, you're the queen now, yeah. yeah. So queen. I think he knows that by giving Shuri, by making Shuri the queen, I think he thinks he's making someone queen who's more like him, who's filled with vengeance and and rage and we'll get what he wants yeah so anyway they build another vibranium detector to lure him into the ocean for a big third act fight that is probably my probably what was that me itching sorry (laughs) it's probably my least favorite bit of the film interesting just because it's a bit it's kind of classic marvel cgi heavy the bit on the ship's probably my least favorite i quite like the desert fight Mm-hmm. So they do the plan. Um, Riri distracts him with her Mingan iron heart suit, uh, and they trap <laughs> him in the ship and do the goofy goober trick. Yeah, dry him out. Dry him out. Uh, he explodes the ship. He and Crashes Shuri in the desert. land on the desert. It does another Marvel thing that I don't love, where he stabs Shuri, um, massively, like proper stabs. So we hear all the squelching and stuff. He shoves it all the way through her. She just pulls it out and she's fine. Yeah, she should be like fully paralyzed. Yeah. Um, which has happened quite a lot, especially like in like Toby Maguire got stabbed and was like, "Oh, it's fine. I've been stabbed before. Why even bother then? Why even stab him? <laughs> you know, even there's no attention." Um, yeah, because she didn't bleed or anything either. Well, I think that's mainly the power of the suit. Um, that's why I had to but, assume. Yeah, I think there should have been more of a consequence of that. Anyway, yeah, because she's just like fist pumping me yeah. in the next scene, like. So basically, Namor is going to kill her. He has no mercy for her at all. He's going to kill her, and then he's going to go back to the sea and help them kill Wakanda. all the Wakandans. Yeah. But Shuri manages to overpower him. She dries him out. Then she blows up her ship or sets one of the engines off, which basically sets him on fire. And then she has the chance to kill him. And then that's when we see what she actually said to Killmonger in the scene, which is, I'm not my brother. I'll make Namor beg for mercy, and then I'll kill him. Mm-hmm. She gets a spear. Also in that spear, they just keep conveniently finding spears. <laughs> Namor mm-hmm. finds one to stab Shuri with, and then Shuri just finds another spear. Too many spears on the beach. Could be the same Where spear. Where are they? No, because she snaps the first spear in half. That's what I thought first time. Uh, yeah, yeah sounds a second spear. Very dangerous beach. Don't take your kids there. Anyway. Um, There's a dead fish man there. Yeah, so she thinks about killing him, but then again, she remembers... She sees her mum, doesn't she? She sees her mum and her mum says, show him who you are, and then she also keeps seeing shots of um, the underwater city and Wakanda and kind of how this is just the same thing. It's just two people, two sets of people trying to exist Mm -hmm. and people are trying to take away what they have and they're fighting for that and that's all Namor is. He's just fighting for his people. 
Yeah. There's a good line where Mbaku's like, you know, his people don't call him general or king. Mm-hmm. They call him the feather serpent god. Do we really have to kill him? Mm. Um, and so Namor yields. And they basically agree to coexist together in peace. Mm-hmm. And then there's a so scene. They just come back to the big fuck off. Yeah, that bit is boy, funny. Guys, guys it's, it's okay now. Guys. We've we've made our friends, and everyone's just like, "Oh, good work, guys." <laughs> but then one of uh, Namor's fish people is very angry. She's like, "I can't believe you knelt before the Wakandans." And Namor says, "Which I really liked as well. And I think this scene was necessary to kind of explain it to kind necessary. of add more context to that. Oh, guys, we're friends now. Don't worry." And they all just immediately stop fighting. No one's like, "Well, I'm still a bit annoyed with him. He just punched me in the face. Yeah, let me punch him back, and then we're even." Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the woman's like, "I can't believe you knelt for the Wakandans," and he basically says, "The Black Panther is the leader of the most powerful, the most powerful nation on the surface. Uh, she has no allies now. She has us." The outside world are gonna come for her, and when they do, she'll we'll need us. Them, yeah. And then, yeah. So I think he's still us. maybe planning a war on the surface. He's he just absolutely thinks... is. Which is interesting because I think at some point, Neymar is gonna turn into a good guy. I'd, I'm intrigued to know See, when. Yeah, I think with his backstory and stuff, he's not a he's not a classic villain. Yeah, this anti-hero. is what you were saying before. Yeah, and I I agree, and I think, yeah, because he's and this is another reason why the Black Panther films are such such strong MCU films. The villains have a very valid reason for being villains. Killmonger did, and yeah. so does Namor. And it's it's kind of like the half right. Yeah, they're just too extreme in their in how they go about it. But the point they have is valid. Yeah, absolutely. And this actor was sensational as well. Yeah, he is, and I think he's making his film debut. He got the uh, and introducing title at the start, and he's really good. And he also pulls he off sick. very small green shorts. His name is, um, and again, apologies because I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Tenok Huerta. Uh, Stunning. Yeah, so he's been so in a lot good. of Mexican stuff, but this is his... Oh, no, he's in The Forever Purge. I don't want to finish that. Yeah, so I can't even... I was going to say, I wonder who he is, but I genuinely don't remember a single character from it. Um, do you want to talk about what this means for Marvel going forward? I want to give him a bit more credit first. Who? Namor? Yeah, because... Well, he made uh, those green little shorts look exceptional. And I loved his little pixie ears and his nose ring. He could also he go hot. from charming to menacing on like on the dime, which I loved. It, yeah, he was so good. He was perfect. Yeah, it's really, really good casting. Um, I think you said as well, you could tell he was always going to be the, the baddie, if you will. Yeah, because I think Regardless his storyline with being annoyed that Wakanda had opened up um, the world to Vibranium and like told them about it and told them how much there was. I think yeah. that would have always been the plot and it would have just been obviously I suppose, T'Challa yeah. facing off against him with Wakanda, which is obviously really sad to think about because I think everyone would have loved to have seen that. I think a, a tiny nitpick for me, Go on. maybe, would Wakanda really not know there was a full city underneath them? Uh, it's not underneath them. Well, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. And yeah, because they've got vibranium, so they can hide, can't they? Wakanda managed to hide. Yeah, true, yeah. So it's basically just a goat hiding from a goat. Goat means greatest of all time in England, by the way. It's not just two goats. <laughs> two goats. <laughs> um, yeah, he was so good. I loved it. He is great. And I'm and excited to see wing. what they do with him. I love that scene when Shuri cut off his wings on his feet. Yeah, she pulled one off, didn't she? Which, again, I actually meant to talk to you about that. Can he fly anymore? Surely well, we've not seen all of Nemo's flying, and now he's going to be like Nemo trying to swim. I bet he can like grow back or something. Or she'll make him like an artificial one. Ooh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's probably that will be it. I reckon that might be the olive branch. Yeah. Yeah. 
Here's a little wing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whilst he's trying to fly up, like falling okay. all over the place. I'm seeing you going forward. Right. So what I liked about this film, everything. And I think that phase <laughs> that phase four has lacked a lot is um, good writing. Well, yeah, but the way they've introduced characters yeah. that play a role in this film specifically, but will also play a larger role going forward. Yeah. Like writing in Namor and Riri Williams into the same film and then both feeling developed and like you know who these characters are whilst not taking away from the characters you already know. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's a real testament to, again, how good Ryan Coogler is. Ryan Coogler, who did the first Black Panther and Creed and uh, Fruit Bell Station, which is amazing. Uh, Michael B. Jordan and all of them. I think they're really mm. good friends. But... So what are you? Who are you more excited to see come back out of those two, Riri or Iron Hat? Uh, Riri or Iron Hat? Riri or Namor? Oh. And not just because you are clearly very, very attracted to Namor. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, I think yeah, being objective, I am really excited to see Namor again. But Iron Man was my favorite Avenger, mm -hmm. so naturally. I'm very excited to see Ironheart. Yeah, and Ironheart, I think she's going to have a really good art coming up. because she's. Obviously I really got like the... the character as well, so I'm happy yeah. that that's... Obviously, you don't replace Tony Stark, but... Yeah. Because yeah. she's got the Ironheart Different series. enough, but, yeah. You let me make this point? No. Unbelievable. <laughs> she didn't even have anything to say then. She just went, different. <laughs> one word to interrupt me again for, like, the third time in a row. <laughs> this is the last time we do a morning podcast. Sorry, she has the Ironheart fucking show. Fuck, I've completely <laughs> lost my point now. She interrupted me six times in a row. Um, and then she obviously, she will be in the Armor Wars oh. movie as well. Oh, very good, very good. Which I think, so she's going to, I think she'll kind of come face to face with Rhodey. And I think it'll be tough for him to accept. Yeah. as kind of the new Tony, the world's replacement for Tony Stark or the world's next Tony Stark. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so yeah, I'm very well, intrigued to see yeah, how that will play I'm out. I'm excited to see that relationship. And um, something else I want to talk about for the future of Marvel, which I'm intrigued about. So Allegra de Fontaine, the long name or whatever she's called, with the purple <laughs> patch in her hair. Mm -hmm. So we've seen her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where she yeah. recruits um, US agent. And we've seen her in the Black Widow post-credit scene, where she recruited Florence Pugh to go and kill Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. She said that he was the one who killed her sister, uh, Black Widow. Have we seen her in anything else? Is Probably. that it so far? Anyway, so I always assumed she was the leader of some bad t bad team. She's a leader of the CIA. Oh, that was clever. And she is Ross's ex-wife. Um, big shout out for Ross as well. He doesn't do quite enough to deserve his own segment, but just love Martin Freeman. We love him, yeah. Moving on. So... And she's obviously going to be a major player going forward in this because she's... I think they've built her character up quite well. Like she's you said, been in she's the background of stuff a couple. lot now, yeah. Yeah, but... This was very, her biggest role, small. I would say. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of lines in anything she's no. popped up in, but her presence is known and that's been really... That's what the MCU do but well. I'm, build it up like that. Yeah. I'm very intrigued in where the that's going. Phase 4 has been missing. Yeah, I agree with that. Building up yeah. some sort of story yeah even if it's just in the background be good with Namor if he becomes the next like Thanos or whatever now we know him and we've been introduced to him they can do what they've been doing with this character just give subtle nods yeah for, for the next couple of films and then I don't think he'll become a full-on villain though I think he'll turn good I hope he will yeah but you also just want to marry him I just want to see him yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's kind of that's the one for me where I'm like, I'm very interested to see where this goes because 
I kind of thought she might have she might have been assembling the Thunderbolts, but they've obviously cast Harrison Ford um, as Thunderbolt Ross since um, the original actor, who I think was called William Hurt, died. Um, but if I've got a dead bloke's name wrong, William. God's sake, mate. No, he was called William Hurt. Good. Um, right, wiping beads as well. <laughs> Apologies, RIP. Um, so yeah, I'm just intrigued to see where that goes. And again, um, Everett Ross is broken out. I'm intrigued to see where that goes. I assume he's going to go to Wakanda now because he'll be mm. a fugitive in America. And the main thing I want to talk about, and probably the last thing we have to talk about, um, I think Mbaku is going to be the new Black Panther. Wow, oh, it's Shuri. It is Shuri, but then she doesn't go to Warrior Falls where you have to prove yourself to be the Black Panther. She sends Mbaku in her place, and he says, I want a challenge for the throne. Oh. You get the throne, you become the Black Panther. Shit. I think Shuri's, she's done a job. She saved Wakanda, and now she doesn't want to be it anymore. I think she needs time. I think she'll stay in um, Haiti for a while with um, Nakia. And, uh, again, spoiler alert, from a very touching post credit scene, um, Prince T'Challa, who is um, obviously King T'Challa's son. Mm-hmm which is why Nakia moved away and didn't come back for the funeral or anything. They wanted to raise him away from the throne. He prepared them for his death. And um, it's really, it's really it's a sad moment because it comes right after she's burned. She's finally completed the ritual that her mum wanted her to, Shuri. Yeah, she's so burnt she's the burned funeral the funeral clothes. She obviously wants T'Challa and the, the Queen's funeral. We got nice flashbacks to like her and T'Challa's happiest moments together. Yeah. And then the film ends. Again. We get a little bit of post. We get a little bit of credits, and then we get the post credits where the the son is introduced, um, which just felt like a way of honouring uh, the character's legacy more than anything setting up for the future. Yeah, but I do. Think... I didn't personally feel it as in like a setting up way. Yeah, because I didn't get the impression that he was gonna. No, I don't think he'll come back. No, I didn't either. I've seen a lot of different opinions about that online. The kid is so cute, by the way. He's the cutest little boy. <laughs> so cute. Unbelievable casting. Yeah, he's so cute. But yeah, I didn't personally view it in that way. I suppose they've opened that door so they could bring him back. Yeah, but I, I just think... I just didn't I view it needed. in that way. Yeah, I, think it was I didn't think just... it was needed either. I'd quite see him back as Black Panther, though. Yeah, I would. I think that'd be really interesting. But I think it takes away from the fact that Shuri's just done it. I don't, because I kind of... Uh, yeah, she did it, because needs must. I don't think she did it as in, this is who I am now. Yeah. I don't think she wants that response. She's more like, behind the scenes type She's of a kid, and she thinks she deserves time away. Yeah. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Um, But I would... I mean, Mbaku, again, he had quite a small role, but he's such a standout character throughout anyway. He does have anyway. a really good screen presence. Um, yeah, I'd like, I think I'd like that, if they obviously, you know, do the fight. Yeah. And then he, he wins, obviously. But yeah, I'd like that. Right. Ratings. You go first. Oh, my God. Will it oh. be Halloween ends? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Kate's highest score ever. She gave <laughs> it 12 true. out of 10. <laughs> she loved the way that it wasn't about the character everyone thought it was going to be about. Shut up. Oh, do you know what? It's either a 9 or a 9.5. I think I'm going to go 9. I think, yeah. Oh, I don't know. But then I think, why would I not? Why would I not give it a 10? I've got nothing to fault it on, really. You're going 10? No, I can't. I'll do it. You're adding one on just for how much you fancy name or... He's got Which is news to me, audience, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Complete news to me. I'm dreaming about him scratching his I can tell, back. yeah. The, the <laughs> panther scratch that you found very arousing for some reason. <laughs> I bet you wouldn't interrupt Neymar if you were doing a podcast with him. <laughs> Good point. Good point, my fish lord. <laughs> I like when Becca calls him a fisherman. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. When he's just like munching on a carrot as well. Oh, yeah. Me, and yeah. I'll give it like an. I'll give it a nine point two. Okay, I think I'm gonna give it a nine. It's hard though, isn't it? Because I have got no reason to mark it down. Yeah, I think in terms of MCU Can I mark films... it down because Ironheart suit's ugly? I don't think so. I think for a Koye, I think I'd mark it down for that. Yeah, and I think, um, I think the I editing to have that did. Redemption. I think I'm intrigued to see what you think the next time you watch it because that editing in that Wakanda Wakanda fight is a bit. It's a bit Jarring. iffy. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm in, I'm looking forward to. Like I said, I think it's just for time constraints, but yeah, and obviously I would 100 percent recommend it. Yeah. Um, easily. And I always complain. Interrupting you again, sorry. That. Used to it. A film's too long. I love more than a film is too long, and this wasn't. It's a very very fast two hours forty, which again is a huge credit to the film. Um. Because it's a fucking long time, and it's. It is, there. yeah, and it's easily one of the best Phase Four things, and it feels like it sets Marvel back on the right path for phase five yeah um and Still that in. is everything this so wednesday i can't believe we just spent about 50 minutes talking about a film this wednesday kate interrupted me for that the fifth time in five minutes <laughs> we will be releasing our first episode of a new series called drunken debate which is where we're drunk and we have a debate the first episode is about who is the best live action spider-man the answer please neither of us <laughs> it was really underwhelming <laughs> but give it a listen y'all it was underwhelming for us not for audiences it was perfect for audiences I can't remember who won, to be honest. Oh, well, you should listen then. You'll be surprised. <laughs> What's wrong? Get them viewing figures up. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. And as always, please get in touch uh, at SweetFilmsAlk on Twitter and let us know what you thought. Yeah. Did please. you think Ironheart's suit was nice? Did you think Neymar was as sexy as Katie? Um, <laughs> would you interrupt your podcast partner this much? Answer all those questions and more. Um, thank you very much. See you next time. Bye.